Welcome back to the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Matt. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. You know, excited for a little little tournament action. Get it going a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, I jumped on, and once you jumped on, I was like, okay, he's probably watching the, the Pacers-Celtics game with me. And I find out, no, you're, you're watching some football, some some Monday night football between the Jags and the Cincinnati Bengals. What's yeah, up, that, Matt? I mean, I, I'm more of a more of a Western Conference guy, honestly. Uh, that, that's where the the big okay. dogs are at is in the Western Conference. So, the, the Pelicans and Kings game is what I'm looking forward to. I get that, but I mean, you still got the Pacers that uh, I, I believe they're the top scoring team in the NBA. So. I mean, if you yeah. like offense, that's that's what you got in this game. I mean, it just finished up, um, pretty good game all you know throughout the game. But uh, Pacers ended up closing it out uh, to eliminate the Boston Celtics. I think they won one twenty-two to one twelve, uh, thanks to Buddy Heald hitting a three-pointer as time expired with nobody guarding them. <laughs> um, but uh, big, big time for the for the Indiana Pacers. I mean, they. They came out and it looks like this is going to be, you know, what, a, kind of like a championship for, in their eyes. Uh, just, I mean, you heard it from Hal Burton. You know, he's never won anything at the collegiate level or in the NBA. Uh, most of the players on this Pacers team hasn't won anything either. So, um, and we found out in this uh, first in-season quarterfinal game um, between these two Boston was favored by four and a half, um, and Indiana ended up coming out with the win on this one. So they will play the winner of uh, Tuesday's night's game between the Knicks at the Bucks. That'll be the four versus one seed matchup. Um, from what you saw in this game, what what kind of stood out to you in this game? Um, for me, it was just the atmosphere in Indiana. The crowd was. Uh, electric all game long. Um, what did you see out of this game? Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, I was, I was switching back and forth between the football game, but it, it did seem like the crowd was really into it for pretty much the entire game. Like the, it seemed you could hear that it was loud on the TV. So I mean, it was probably even louder in person, obviously. So um, they're definitely really into it and. At the end of the game, especially, like you could tell that the game meant something to them as they went on a pretty big run at the end to close out the game uh, with a big Hal Burton and one three and then a, a Buddy Heald three to kind of ice the game along with a Naismith dunk to finish it off. Uh, as a, I mean, Indiana's, there's no questions that Indiana's a good offensive team. Um, it's more just if they're going to be able to bring that intensity on defense um and they, they kind of did in the end of this game they they played good defense to get the job done yeah and i mean i watched this entire game from start to finish but to start off this game like i thought it was going to be a lot of offense you know high pace this game was pretty close and not that high scoring in the first half i mean i think uh what it was 24 22 at the end of the first um picked up a little bit of offense at this in the second quarter but i wasn't expecting indiana to play as good of defense as they did in that first half and um you know you would have liked them to score a little bit more but they kind of did that in the second half so 
Um, just looking at the stats, I mean, Halliburton, you know, like I said, slow start to the first half. I don't think he – he might not even had double digits in that first half, but finished the game with a triple-double, 26, 13 assists, and 10 boards, 5-11, uh, 3. Uh, Buddy Heald chipped in 21 off the bench. He had Nate Smith with 14. Uh, Matherin with 16. Um, and, you know, I, I think their bench really helped out uh, compared to Boston's bench. I mean, you looked at Boston's bench. They had 15 from Hauser. That's about it. And then, I mean, it was between, you know, Jason Tatum, who had 32 and 12. And then Jalen Brown also poured in 30 points uh, with nine rebounds. But... Um, huge win for the Pacers because, you know, I think going into this season, we thought, you know, they could be a, you know, a fun, surprising team, but I don't think anybody saw them, you know, I shouldn't say just beating the Boston Celtics, but at least competing with some of these top teams in the East and not only the East, but also in the West too. So um, they're a super fun team. Usually in the Eastern Conference, Matt, we've been doing this a long time. Usually in the Eastern Conference, you don't see a lot of high-scoring games. Usually it's all about defense. Um, I mean, we saw this last year in the finals when Miami went on that crazy run, being the A seed, going all the way to the finals. They did that with defense. Um, that's what the Eastern Conference has always been about. And um, I think, you know, you see that with the Pacers bringing offense to the East, and you see the Timberwolves, who we'll talk about a little bit later, bringing a little bit of defense to the West. So... And both those teams are, are riding some pretty pretty good highs right now, early in the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and honestly, the the Pacers are are so good at offense too that it kind of brings it out of other teams. Like they just had a couple high scoring games with the Heat because uh, they force teams to have to score in order to beat them. So they're, they're definitely uh, going to be kind of a sneaky good team at, in the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah, what do you think makes them so good on offense? Like, is it, like, just having that spread offense with, you know, everybody on their team can shoot, and also they have a bunch of guys that can drive the ball and, and kick as well. What do you think is the main factor in them being this good on offense to start the season? I mean, a lot of it is just that they have tons of shooter and they play at a very fast pace. So they, as soon as uh, the other team scores, they're, kicking it right down the court and trying to get either a transition three or a transition dunk. They got a lot of good guys that are able to fill lanes on the, the fast break. Um, so that's helped a lot. And then just when you have like a floor general like Halber and he's able to find those guys um, and also at the same time create his own shot too, which helps. So um, they also have a pretty good depth to it like off their bench like having Matherin off the bench like he's kind of a, he's a bucket not kind of a bucket he is a bucket and Naismith's not too bad either and then they even got some big guys that off the bench that are pretty good too and like Jalen Smith and uh, uh what's his name Isaiah Jackson um, I but, think both of them were out tonight too yeah I'm just talking about in general like that just yeah, speaks general. to their, yeah. their depth um but yeah I mean yeah I, I like this Pacers team they're, they're fast and um, they play they uh, they play like a, a really young team plays honestly like that's part of it too is like like Horford was having a tough time keeping up tonight with them at that such a fast pace um, so 
they're definitely going to make it hard for a couple teams in the East. Yeah, I mean, they are a young team, but when you have somebody like Halliburton, who's kind of stepped up into that leadership role, and, you know, I would say most people think he's, what, he's probably top top six or seven in the MVP race, probably right now, right? Yeah, I'd say so. And, um, I mean, even with the young talent they have with, you know, Halliburton, Naismith, Matherin, Nemhard. Uh, Obi Toppin. I mean, they still have veterans on this team, like you know Miles Turner and Buddy Hield, who were in trade conversations last year and even to start off the year this year. But I think it was smart of them to you know keep those two um, and at least see how it goes so far. And and as of now, they're what I believe they're twelve and eight after this win, or maybe eleven and eight. I'm not sure. Um, somewhere around there, but. Um, those two have been key contributors uh, starting in the lineup. I mean, Buddy Heal didn't start the whole season because Matherin was starting, but I think when you put Buddy Heal in that starting lineup, it gives more of a consistency from outside versus Matherin, who, I mean, at a young age as he is, it's, you know, hot and cold. You don't know if he's going to be really good one night or off the next night. And, um, um, that's why I think it's smart of of Indiana to bring them, you know, cut off the bench and, and ride with that bench unit. Um, and then you also add in Bruce Brown, too. I mean, adding Bruce Brown from, a, you know, the defending champs, Nuggets, uh, he's been a great contributor to this team. And, I mean, I wouldn't say he's helped out a ton in the defensive area just because they've struggled – at defense, part of it is just because of the pace they put up and, and the amount of points they put up. You're going to give up uh, shots on the other end, too. But um, adding Bruce Brown has been a big uh, key to uh, what they do on offense and on defense as well. Yeah, definitely. And then even just like somebody like McConnell who can play a role when guys are out, um, be that defensive guy and just a good point guard. So um, what's crazy, too, is that I think – I think uh walker was the eighth overall pick and like he hasn't really even like been that much a part of the rotation yet and so right. they got guys that they're kind of developing too that can will eventually probably have a role in this team yeah maybe uh, i mean if they keep winning too i mean i would look to for them to be like to be buyers at the at the trade deadline too. maybe get some more veteran talent as well um but so far so good um the late night game tonight, uh, for when this podcast comes out, it'll be last night, so you guys will already know who won. But uh, you got the number three seed Pelicans at, at the Sacramento Kings, the two seed. Sacramento's favored by three and a half. Uh, Matt, who do you see winning this game? Uh, you know, the Kings are honestly kind of like the, the Pacers of the West. They're kind of that fast-paced team, like get threes up. Um, not super good on defense. Um, I'm not. Is McCollum playing in this game? Um, I don't you know, think so. I mean, I know they have Trey Murphy back, but. I mean, he looked good in his first game back. Right, 18 points in his first game, solid. That's um, um, and Alvarado's back. I think CJ might be back. Yeah, you know, I'm if CJ is back, I'm I'm gonna give it to the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans, uh, 
they're a tough matchup. For, I like the Kings, but they're a tough matchup for the Kings because they got so much size with Valanciunas and uh, Zion, who's obviously a force, as well as Brandon Ingram, who's, who's uh, I mean, he's tall in himself and lengthy. Uh, I think they pose some size problems for it with like uh, Sabonis. He's not the biggest center in the world, so I'm gonna go with the Pelicans. I think the they got a good team, so. Yep. So it looks like CJ is back. So it'll be CJ, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion, and Valanchunas versus De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, uh, who is also back, uh, and Sabonis. So, I mean, this is going to be a fun game. Um, I think I kind of agree with you. I think there's, you know, a lot of firepower on both sides. It's just going to come down to, you know, I think it's going to come down to that point guard position between De'Aaron Fox and CJ McCollum, which which one of those two is going to play outperform the other one. And, um, you know, Fox has been hot lately. He's, I think he's third, maybe, maybe, no, maybe fourth in uh, points per game at around 30 a game. So um, should be a high scoring game, kind of like this uh, Boston Indiana game towards the end. But Oof. I um, like these Kings jerseys. Yeah, those are, pretty those nice. Are nice. Yeah, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a great game. And then on Tuesday, like I said, uh, you'll see those Knicks play the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. They're, Milwaukee's favored by four and a half. Um, I think most people have the Bucks probably winning, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I like the Knicks, how they've been playing. I mean, Jalen Brunson's been holding that team down. Julius Randle starting to play a little bit better. Mitchell Robinson, um, basically the only player on their team that gets blocks. Um, and then you got, you know, RJ Barrett's and uh, some of the role players that have been stepping up. Um, second game then on uh, Tuesday night will be Suns, number four seed against the Lakers, the one seed. Uh, Lakers are favored by one half. So kind of a toss up in this one. Uh, I think we'd know that Adam probably would pick the Suns, and I would probably pick the Lakers, obviously. Um, but since you're kind of a neutral uh, fan for both parties, who do you have winning that game? You're going with Knicks for the first game, you said? I think I would, yeah. Hmm. Is it in Milwaukee or is it in New York? It's in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee? Yeah, uh, I'll definitely go with the Lakers for the second game. I think the Lakers are a better team, uh, especially if Beal's still out, which I'm pretty sure he is. He is, yes. Um, is Booker in, though? I mean, if Booker's in, it's a little bit better, but I still go Lakers. Yep, Booker and KD are both playing. Especially with uh, Jared Vanderbilt back. Nice defender to put on KD. Taller, pretty agile. Um. Yeah, I would go Lakers. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. It is kind of a toss-up because the, the Milwaukee has struggled at times this season. Um, the Knicks do play good defense. Right, um, which is not Milwaukee's specialty this year. I mean, they've been struggling on that side of the ball. Yeah, it definitely hasn't been, especially this year. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with you on the Knicks on that one. Cause okay. I, I could it? see that I could see the Knicks wanting it more too for 
because I, I feel like, you know, they haven't had that playoff success. I can see them really wanting this. <laughs> kind of like Indiana? Yeah. Right. Um, so those are the games to look forward to. Um, semifinals will be on Thursday, depending on who wins um, tonight and then also uh, tomorrow. Um, so Indiana has already locked up that semifinal matchup uh, between whoever wins the Knicks Bucks. Um, and then you'll have the end season tournament championship on Saturday at 7:30 Central Time on ABC. So some big uh, big in season tournament stuff coming your way this week. Should be a fun week. Um, in other news though, Nicole Jokic, Jason Tatum are your players of the month uh, in their respective conferences. Um, Damn, Rudy was robbed. I know. And both both teams, both players uh, for their respective teams are out of the in-season tournament too now. Um, but it was uh, – I mean, Denver had a, a tough uh, grouping. Uh, they also had, you know, some players that were out some of these games with, you know, Jamal Murray um, – and whatnot, but uh, congratulations to those two. Uh, some good news for uh, Oop, uh, Kelly Oubre and the 76ers as he plans to return to play uh, on Wednesday's game uh, after suffering a broken rib in a hit and run that we talked about on a previous previous podcast. Um, 76ers have they've kind of dipped a little bit. I, I think when he was playing, they were first in the East. Um, they are now 12 and seven, uh, a little bit lower than the standings in the Eastern Conference, but um, I still think they're like third, right? Third place or fourth? Yeah, fourth right now. Fourth. But um, I think getting a player like Ubre back, um, especially the way he started off the season, um, back in your lineup, either in the starting lineup or coming off the bench, um, probably off the bench, but. Uh, he's definitely going to add some, you know, bench scoring and uh, rebounding, and um, he, I think he's a big part to this uh, this bench unit for the 76ers, and it's going to be good to see him back. Yeah, definitely. They they kind of have been struggling without him because they started the season off on that that big win streak, uh, eight game win streak, and then in their last ten, they're four and six, so they could definitely use that spark off the bench to get things rolling um they, they really don't have like the, the deepest bench that they're, they're they're kind of similar to boston in the sense that like right somebody somebody's out they kind of can struggle at times um but yeah it'll be nice to have him back hopefully you know he can get back into a good rhythm because he was he was playing great basketball so um kind of hate to see that get ruined by something that's kind of out of his control too right speaking of boston uh you know, not the greatest uh, night for them, but some good news in the injury department. Uh, ho- I, I believe they're getting Porzingis back um, later this week, probably on Thursday's game. Uh, he's coming back uh, after missing four games with a right calf strain. So a um, little bit of optimism for the Celtics to get one of their key contributors back um, as they, I, I believe they still have the top seed in the East, but um don't have the best record in the NBA now, as the Timberwolves do. Um, last bit of news before we talk about uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, though. K- 
Kevin Durant passes Moses Malone for 10th on the all-time scoring list uh, after a 119 to 111 loss to the defending champs. Um, he is now at 27,423 uh, career points. Um, it's just crazy the the arc he's had and the, the I mean you know he started on the Sonics in 2007 when he got drafted out of Texas. Um, as most people know, Sonics aren't a team anymore. That uh, went to the OKC Thunder. He then moved on to the Warriors, where he won a couple chips, got those uh, those finals uh, appearances and wins, uh, and also a finals MVP. Um, and then he moved on to the Nets, had that ordeal there, and is now on the Suns. But, I mean, just look at his numbers this year in his 17th season. Kind of crazy. I mean, he's averaging 31 points per game. That's third in the NBA right now. Um, 6.4 rebounds, 5.6 assists while shooting 51% from the field. 49% from three, which if you're not including his seven or eight games he played last year with the Suns, that's a career uh, number for him um, over 17 years. Um, granted, it, we are only like, what, 20 games in the season, but... 49% from the three, especially the usage that he's having to go through with the Suns right now with Booker out and Beal out. Um, pretty impressive. Yeah, really impressive. I mean, it's not not too much of a surprise that he, he's uh, moving his way up the scoring ladders considering he's probably one of the best uh, pure scorers the game's ever seen just with his, his size and uh, – you know, ability to pretty much get a shot off over anybody, um, except for Wemby. Um, pretty uh, impressive of KD. I mean, I've always loved watching KD. He's just such a baller. Um, and he's kind of just just a easygoing guy, it seems like, for the most part. Like, he doesn't doesn't seem like he really, like, gets too much into the, like, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm making, you, like, my like, Unless you talk shit, shit about him on Twitter or anything. Well, yeah, well, that's, no. that's that's kind of the thing though. Is like he does he makes a burner account instead of like kind of like jabbing at people, you know, like with his right. regular stuff. But it, yeah, I mean, pretty cool to see. I mean, he's only gonna go up too as long as he stays healthy and keeps playing. Right. Yeah, we'll take a short break right now. When we come back, we'll talk some Minnesota Timberwolves as they are the number one seed, not only in the Western Conference but also in the entire NBA. We'll bear back. Welcome back. Um, Matt, we usually don't do this just because I like talking, you know, NBA hoops in general, but we are Minnesota fans, and um, it's been a long time since we've had a T-Wolves team that's been, you know, I don't, I don't think I've been alive where we've had a T-Wolves team that's been number one in the Western Conference. So at like any point. So, I mean, just looking at this team right now, first in the West, first in the league after that Boston lost to Indiana. Um, and they should stay in first because, I mean, by not making it to the in-season tournament, their two games that they got, Spurs on Wednesday, should be, even without Anthony Edwards, should be an easier win. Um, and then they also drew the cards of the Memphis Grizzlies as well. So two bottom teams um, couldn't come at a better time with, you know, Anthony Edwards 
dealing with uh, his hip injury. Hopefully he gets healthy. Um, and this might entice him to, you know, take some time. Obviously, we know Anthony Edwards a little bit better. So, I mean, obviously he's not the type of player to just sit out games willy-nilly. So, um, I hope the coaching staff kind of just, you know, takes takes their time with him, even if he wants to come back early. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I could see him even playing on Wednesday because he, he did practice today. So, Okay, um, that's a good sign. Yeah, it's definitely a good sign. I think uh, if I was him, though, I'd probably take that game off because, <laughs> I mean, it's more about the long game when you're the number one team in the NBA uh, right now. I mean, and it's it's been uh, actually a really good for the Wolves to kind of see what other guys have too because that, that's kind of how championship teams are created is by getting the most out of your role players too, um, which is – something that we were kind of lacking at times, but it's nice to see guys step up. Like Troy Brown has stepped up a lot in Anthony Edwards' absence. Um, then also Nas taking on a bigger role a little bit. And then just in general, like even when Anthony Edwards is there, Nas Reed has just been unreal this year. So, uh, you know, it's nice to see those bench guys doing really good because, you know, as good as our starters are, it, it really doesn't mean much if you don't have a bench and – it's good to see that some guys are stepping up. Exactly. And, you know, what better year to get season tickets to the Wolves games? I mean, they're 9-1 at home. Like you said, this is probably a game where you don't need Anthony Edwards to play because your bench has been playing so good and you've been terrific at home. So um, we'll wait to see what happens with him. But um just looking at some of the stats that I looked up, uh, they're top 10 in field goal percentage in the NBA, top five in blocks, thanks to Rudy Gobert being outstanding. I mean, even Carl Anthony Towns has been a lot better. I think he's having his best statistical year on defense this year. Um, hopefully, Jaden McDaniels comes back in the next week or two. He's been, I mean, he's t- probably one of the top wing slash guard defenders in the league. Um, and then, you know, like you said, having some of these bench players like Nah step into role, uh, a bigger role, um, Troy Brown Jr. step into a bigger role. Those both those players are good, solid defenders. Um, and Troy Brown's been lighting it up from three recently, and uh, currently second in the in the NBA in defense uh, for total points given up. Uh, I think the New York Knicks uh, just uh, are, are first. Um, just recently by like 0.1 or two, but for the majority of the year, Timberwolves have had the best defense. Uh, if you go by uh, defensive rating, they're tops in the league at 106.7, uh, fourth in the NBA, uh, best net rating at 6.5. Um, this t- this team's just been grooving lately. I mean, between Anthony Edwards taking on a bigger role, being that star player. If he's not an all-star this year, and I, I mean, do you think the Wolves will have multiple all-stars? I mean, Ansel, he's got to be a lock, right? Especially if they're first by the by the all-star break. Yeah, I mean, if they're first by all-star break, that I mean, I'd be shocked if we didn't get two all-stars. I mean, Ant's probably a lock, but at the same time, I think either Rudy or Cat's got to make it if we're first by all-star break. Like, that's... 
Right, and I, I but the, I mean, the All Star is political at some points, especially with voting. Um, you might see like I mean, you always see like players or like teams like the Lakers and the Warriors and even Boston or Philly get like multiple, sometimes even three or four players that maybe shouldn't be in the running just because of the market they're in. Yeah, there's definitely politics that will play a part, but I, I think for sure Ant will make it just because he's a pretty likable person. Um, and then, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Cat made it because he's made it in the past. He's he's averaging 22 and 9 right now with three assists, uh, almost a steal per game too. So, I mean, he's playing pretty solid lately, so I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he made it. Uh, I could definitely see Rudy getting snubbed just because Seems like a lot of people are not the biggest fans of Rudy, um, especially well, especially last but, year. But I think I think he's turning the narrative this year, though. I think he came into this year a lot better prepared of what Chris Finch likes to do with his defense, and uh, that two big lineup is working. I mean, Cats. I mean, even Cats struggled this year, um, like the first ten games. Like, I think he was averaging like seventeen or sixteen points and shooting awful from three. That's totally turned around. He's up five more points and shooting pretty solid from three. So um, I think it's been a total different year for Rudy Gobert. Uh, he looks like the all-defensive player that he's shown with Utah. Um, I, I mean, even even if you asked us like a year ago, we were like, what? I mean, this, this trade is probably one of the worst trades ever, and now it's... I, it's definitely not the worst trade ever. It's not the greatest trade by any means, just because of the amount of draft picks and players we gave up. But it's not a lost cause. Like this, you can finally see why we traded for Rico Bear. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think uh, a lot of this trade was kind of saved too by the second trade that we made with the Jazz to get Conley and uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. And the right. D'Lo trade because I, I just never felt like D'Lo and Rudy really f fit together. Like their games never really fit. Um, whereas Conley, he he really is. I mean, he's perfect point guard for Rudy. He knows when to find him. He knows where to put him in good spots. Puts passes where it's easy for him to just throw down those lobs and stuff like that. Um, and even just like in general, I feel like the team is like clicking a little bit better like this year in terms of spacing and stuff like that where it seemed like some guys were stepping on each other's toes a little bit last year like getting in the wrong spots and kind of causing like jams and clogs in the paints and stuff like that and now it's kind of like a nice you know mix of like where we're, we're still like uh like clogging up the paint on defense but not clogging it up on offense which is nice um, I know that last year there was a point where Ant was barely getting any dunks, and this year he's dunking like crazy. So it's it's nice to see that kind of turn around too. Um, but it just if you put the trade in as a total with like the non Conley, I feel like it, it's honestly a really good trade for the Wolves overall because that we even got some second round picks out of that too, which resulted in Leonard Miller and then like a couple picks in the future too that haven't been taken yet. So uh, I, I think it even even then it was a little bit overblown just because, I mean, I, we did still get uh, like two-time defensive player of the year. Um, so I think that 
it, it does kind of also help too that Walker Kessler hasn't played as good this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because that makes it look a little bit better. But I mean, overall, I mean, I can't complain as a T Wolves fan. I mean, we're first in the entire NBA. We got season tickets. Uh, life's life's pretty good for a T Wolves fan. Yeah, luckily we got those season tickets too in the off season when everybody thought you know the Wolves are going to be. I mean probably maybe a little bit better than they were a season ago which was play-in scenario uh losing first round of the nuggets but um yeah perfect time for us to get them um it's been great to watch them another player that we didn't bring up kyle anderson i think you know not only has conley been beneficial to rudy gobert but you know besides the incident last year where rudy gobert and kyle anderson would throw him punches well Kyle Anderson was throwing a punch at him but um, luckily he didn't connect like uh, Draymond Green did on Jordan Poole and and did you know cost some trades or something but um, those two have been you know pretty good uh, when Kyle Anderson comes off the bench as well so um, this team has a lot of depth the main thing that I worry about the most and we've talked about it many times at games is this team has to stay healthy I mean we're already seeing it now. Jane McDaniel's missing a little time. Anthony Edwards, scary fall. Didn't know how serious it well was. Luckily, it's not hopefully too impactful on you know him missing extended time. Um, and then also you have to worry about Carl Anthony Towns as well. He's dealt with injuries. I think he he missed a good chunk of last year. Um, part of why we slipped in the rankings. Um, and then got him back towards the end of the season, but then ended up losing Jaden McDaniels. So um, it, the biggest thing right now for this team is just health. Stay healthy, um, and I think everything will work itself out, especially um, on the defensive end. Because if, if you keep playing lights out on defense, uh, it makes your offense so much easier because you don't have to go and, and be an Indiana Pacers team where you're putting up 126 points per game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said with the the Kyle Anderson point, like it's nice to see that two guys can have a disagreement and get over it. Uh, like that, that's what it is a good team, in my opinion, is like a team that can get in each other's faces. Obviously, you don't want them punching each other, but like a team that can have disagreements and hard criticism and then get over it. Like I've, I've seen times too, where Con- Conley gets frustrated with cat or Conley gets frustrated with Gobert and they just get over it like, and, and play good, good basketball. Um, so, so stuff like that is nice to see out of a team. Um, I mean, I, it also helps when you're winning. Everything's a little bit nicer when you're winning. Like right. it's easier to get past. Well, things. And they're, they're also veteran players too. So they've been like, even if it does seem like they're, going at each other like that's what veterans do like they hold each other accountable uh, a little bit different with the Draymond Green Jordan Poole thing because Jordan Poole is a young player trying to get you know his while Draymond Green's trying to win so a little bit different scenario yeah uh, definitely you know you know it's ca- what kind of is funny about the the T-Wolves is I feel like uh what his name is is it Connelly or is it Conley for is the the GM is it Tim Connelly? Oh, Tim Conley. Oh, Conley. Okay. Uh, but anyways, like I, you can kind of see his his vision too. Is like right. I feel I feel like 
he saw the, he saw the how good the Jazz were, um, and then he he thought Donovan Mitchell and Ant are similar players, except Ant can play defense. Um, so he probably he probably thought that like you know like this Jazz team actually has a good makeup, but like I have some guys that are good scorers, but also a little bit better defenders too. So I, I feel like. I can see his vision of why he wanted to make that trade more this year than last year because they do kind of look like those Utah Jazz teams except a little bit better defensively, especially on the perimeter because they got some some dogs like Jaden McDaniels and uh, Ant and then even guys like Na and stuff like that. And uh, even Cat. Like, Cat's been playing the best defense I've ever seen out of Cat. Like, he's been playing incredible. But, yeah, I mean – it's working out right now. I think um, it, they could maybe add to it a little bit at the deadline. I probably would add to the roster, just a, not a ton, but I'd probably get one more player. Um, but like a Tyus Jones. Yeah. Who Who do you think that they should target at the deadline? I have a couple of players in mind, but yeah. So if I'm just uh, if I'm just looking at like team needs, obviously some shooting would help a nice three and d shooter um if not d i mean some more three-point shooting would be nice um but it's not a a necessity for this team um jordan mclaughlin went down i'm not the biggest jordan mclaughlin fan you know that um but i I think the biggest need right now is a backup point guard i you can't have nah running back at point guard kyle anderson you can do for a little bit but You've seen early on where teams try to press on the Wolves and that kind of flusters some of their offense up, especially with that secondary unit. So, you know, maybe adding a a good defending, facilitating uh, point guard uh, to run that secondary unit definitely isn't going to hurt. I think it'll definitely help. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's something that would be worth looking at for the wolves um you know it's it's tough because a lot of their salary is kind of between the top three guys and gobert towns and conley um they don't have a lot of tradable salaries so it'd probably have to be somebody pretty cheap which makes it tough i'm not i'm not sure what tyus's contract is but he he He, definitely maybe be an option right he does make a good amount so i'd I don't know if he would be a lot, like even a option to be able to get just because of his contract. But I mean, even like a TJ McConnell, I don't think the Pacers would want to trade him away. But a player like that to run your secondary unit would be pretty solid. Yeah, I think uh, TJ McConnell or even somebody I was kind of looking at, like his contract's pretty small, would be maybe like a Monte Morris from the Pistons. Okay. Um, I'm not the not biggest the, Monte Morris fan, but right. he wouldn't be. I mean, I would take him over McLaughlin any day of the week. So, yeah, um, maybe even over Shake. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Um, also, it's Killian Hayes last year in his contract too, so he can mm. maybe be an option. Now, I'm not the biggest Killian Hayes fan, but he is a good defender. I know, but um, I don't want him running our second unit. That, just me personally, I don't think he's, he's more of a. He's like a Shake Milton type, but maybe a better offensive um, player than Shake is. Yeah, you know something that, that that could be interesting would be like if there is like a buyout market too, like the 
we could get in. Um, I'm just looking at the Pistons roster too because I was looking at Bogdanovich, but uh, I doubt he gets bought out. But somebody that I could see getting bought out would be Joe Harris, and hmm. he would be a nice addition, I think. Like, not as a backup point guard, but just as a nice shooter off the bench. Um, he's definitely not the player that he used to be, but he's still a good shooter. Um, he could maybe be an option if they were to buy him out because it's the last year of his contract. Um, there's definitely sometimes that that happens where people buy them out. Um, but it, it's a little bit too early to tell right now, like what things are going to look like at the deadline. Right. Um, maybe not the greatest option, but maybe you could bring back like a player that we used to have on the team. Maybe like a Chris Dunn type from Utah. If you want to, you know, get some more players from Utah, but, um, I mean, the, it, it's tough to find a, a good backup point guard on a bad team right now because, um, I mean, there's not a lot out there. So, But yeah, I do want to get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do want to get back to the point of you bringing up uh, our GM, Tim, uh, Conley, because I think, you know, him coming in the league, I thought people were wondering, like, what what is he doing from a GM perspective? Like, Start on the Nuggets, he, you know, drafted two centers in a draft. I mean, he drafted Nurkic and Jokic. Uh, I think it's the first time that somebody's drafted, a GM's drafted two centers in a draft in a long, long time. Because we know nowadays you want to get guards. Um, it's a guard-happy league. And um, if you can get multiple guards and take a chance on one of them blossoming, um, that's usually the route that most GMs take. But... You know, Conley kind of went against the grain, kind of like the Warriors did, you know, a while ago with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and that whole group. So, um, got to give a lot of credit to him to, you know, sticking with what he believes is a championship winning team and his formula. And um, hopefully it keeps on, you know, trickling down to this uh, Minnesota roster. But um, anything else you want to close off with on this Timberwolves uh, uh, special? Um, you know, I, I'll just say it since I told you earlier, just put it on the podcast that, um, just a, f- a fun fact for everybody is that only two players right now in the NBA have a 90, 50, 40 shooting split, which is pretty hard to get. Um, and those two players are both on the T wolves, which is cat and Nas Reed currently. So, um, that's kind of just a testament to the wolves that like they're shooting at a high percentage, both their starting power forward and then also their backup center slash power forward. So that's, that's pretty impressive. I think, uh, you know, it just kind of shows that this team has been playing good lately. And uh, the, the nicest thing about the wolves is that they haven't really had a lot of games where they've kind of like, you know, like they're winning the games that they should win. Like, whereas in the past, like we drop random games that we shouldn't lose and, Usually that's a sign of a, a good team is when they win games that they're supposed to. Like when guys are missing, like you can't drop those games. Like those are give me games. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't have said it any more perfect. Um, I'll end off my segment by saying, um, you know, we didn't talk about Nas Reed that much, but very underrating signing, I guess, re-signing in the offseason. Luckily, he didn't go to restricted free agency because I think there would have been a team out there that would have paid him a good amount of money to join a different team. So 
Um, another credit to Tim Conley in uh, bringing back Nas Reed. He's been a huge help, um, and especially if anything happens to Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert where they have to miss a little bit of time, at least you got a solid backup center in Nas Reed that can score with, I mean, he, eventually this league, I think he's going to be a starting center. Just the way he can score the ball. Uh, he came into this league, like, I mean, out of LSU, not really having that great of an offensive repertoire. I mean, he mainly known for like just finger rolls and, and layup packages, but he's brought it out to the three point line. Um, I mean, he, he, he's really good at taking smaller defenders and punishing them in the paint. Um, and I've been really impressed with him, not only this year, but his, his growth every single year that he's been with this team. So, um, Hopefully, good things for the Timberwolves coming soon. Um, we're going to be letting you guys know because we'll be at pretty much every game. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's an exciting time for uh, Minnesota, especially since, you know, the Wild aren't doing that good. The Vikings are struggling. Twins struggled, even though they made the playoffs. Um, the Lynx haven't been good in a little while. Um, so it's, it's good to see the Timberwolves get some love and get some recognition for, um, a team in Minnesota that maybe doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, go Wolves. <laughs> go Wolves. Uh, that'll be it here from shot to side. Make sure to check out our social medias on X, Instagram, Facebook, um, and TikTok. Um, you know, I'm thinking about just giving up. I don't know if Adam's ever going to have that TikTok come out. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> I want to I want to say that I'm I'm super excited and waiting for it, but um you know, it's, I don't know when it's going to come. So, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Um I think Adam might be on the podcast on us on Thursday maybe for us. Um so maybe he'll have it out before then. We'll see. Uh but That'll be it here from Shots. I'm side. taking the under. Make sure to take it under. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. We'll see. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, uh, send some comments in the comment section below. Um, whether you like some of the segments we talked about, um, whether you have any questions, if you guys want us to talk about certain teams, certain players, um, let us know because uh, we just might. Um, we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace out. Peace. Peace.